you know, I was like one of the youngest within the entire country to be a news director. And, you know, yeah, you've won awards for yeah. God's sake. I mean, you're not just someone who's good at his job. You've got the hardware to show it. Yeah. Why, where yeah. are they? Why aren't they? Why aren't they behind you? They're all back in Texas. I don't have them here. I didn't bring oh, them to help. Uh, you're one of those people. No, no, no. <laughs> I don't. They're in the garage. I don't know. No, no I, I feel weird saying that, but um, we just didn't have the, the because we downsized, you know, moving from, you know, a um, three, four bedroom house to now a two bedroom apartment. So. Oh, I got and, it. You had so many awards, they took up an entire room. Yeah, so you yeah, had to. No. <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome to Doing It. I'm Will Conlon. Thanks so much for checking out this episode. Before I get going, I wanted to thank Antonio Caone for allowing me to share his Instagram video. That's the previous episode of this podcast. If any of you watched it or listened to it, I'm sure you feel as I do that it was it was an extremely insightful and thoughtful uh, and educational point of view that he had. And I'm so grateful that he allowed me to share it. This was something he did on his own, and I saw it and loved it. And I just, I, I just begged and pleaded with him, let me, let me share it and get it out there as much as I can. Uh, it, it was, it was all about how to educate yourself on racism and what the black community has gone through for the last several hundred years, instead of just going up to a random black person and asking them. I mean it. It's I'm it's good to have those conversations, but his point was there are so many ways that a person can educate themselves. There's been an incredible amount of books written on the subject. There is a multitude of websites, legitimate websites on the Internet that you can read about uh, histories and experiences. There's been movies and plays written on the subject. So there's really no reason for anybody to not educate themselves on the subject and have a very um, informed opinion and, and, and valid, have valid discussions. And I think uh, I, I, loved, I loved what he said, and I'm so grateful that he let me share it. And what was interesting, too, is uh, uh, it was one of the most shared episodes of this podcast. I want to thank everyone who shared it. And it, it, it told me two things. Number one, that that people, for in, for what I'm seeing, people are even more engaged in this conversation than ever, which is so great to see. And two, um, nobody needs to see me on this podcast because I wasn't in the episode at all. So so there's a, there's a bit of a pro and con, I guess. A little heartbreak for me, but hey, whatever. I'll take it. No, I'm really proud of the episode. I'm so I'm so glad. And Antonio hopefully will be coming on the podcast to talk more about about that and also just about him. He's an incredibly talented individual. He's very um, uh, he's a great writer, a, a, an amazing actor, and I've known him for years. And I'm so we're talking about when he can come on and and have a, a, a good conversation. And speaking of good conversations, today's guest is someone who, again, I've been wanting to talk to for years, but haven't been able to because he is so far away. He, uh, well, he was, was in L.A., now he's in Texas, but his name is Cody Broadway. 
and he is a cinematic journalist, I think is the, the right term. He was a filmmaker who worked his way into journalism and is now working for NBC LX, posting um, human interest stories and a lot of really, like dealing a lot with a lot of subjects that might only get one or two minutes in a block on the evening news. And he gets to dive in and, and do an extensive um, um, investigation into these these stories, but has a very cinematic feel. So there's there's he draws you in in a way that I think only a, a real filmmaker can do into these subjects. It's fascinating. Everything I've seen from his, him is, is phenomenal. He's won multiple Emmys for it, and he's a great guy, and his story is, is fascinating how he, he's moved through all these different interests and has settled into this, this world now where he's, he's making huge differences. And, uh, and it was great. I loved it. It was a great conversation. And so I'm going to share that with you now. This is my conversation with Cody Broadway. Hey, how's hey, it going? Man. Good. How are you doing? I am doing well. Yeah? How's things in uh, Canada? I mean, by comparison? I mean, they're, they're better. They're not perfect by, by any yeah. means, but they're, uh, they're good. How, how, how about there? How are you? How are your, how's your family? Let's start with that. Yeah, man, we are doing. We're we're good. We're actually getting ready to head back to uh, Texas for a um, uh, for about a week. Uh, just trying to, to get away from from things and and try to take a break. I mean, it's been it's been crazy. It's um, you know we just moved to LA uh, February, and so we're you know approaching six months in, and you know for us to be in the middle of a pandemic and, and, uh, you know, really like a civil rights movement. It's, it's a lot. I never, honestly, like maybe it's my own ignorance, but I never thought I heard someone say, geez, I need to get out of LA. I think I'm going to go to Texas where, <laughs> you know, things are a lot more calm in Texas. I know. Yeah. And, and that's, uh, I don't know. It's been one thing that we'd just really been wanting to go back to, to, I guess see familiar faces. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have we've been indoors. I've been working from home for, and tomorrow will be a hundred days. Wow. Uh, of, of this, and it's almost like house arrest. I for from what I I know what what house arrest would be. I, yeah. or What I'm guessing is it just you know I mean we go out every now and then, but I mean yeah we we don't really do too much. Are you naturally like an extrovert? Do you like to be out? in the world and doing yeah. stuff. Yeah. Hey, I, I love being out. Uh, my wife likes going out as well. We usually like to go out and explore or, uh, I'm a big I, a food person. I, I love eating. <laughs> so, a uh, you know, if it's going to, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if it's, you know, going to a, uh, you know, a restaurant or somewhere where it's kid friendly, uh, that those are probably the things that I miss the most. So you're, are you from Texas originally? Yeah. So, uh, from San Angelo, Texas, uh, well, I was born in Springfield, Illinois. Okay. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't really remember too much there. I moved to Texas about one when I was around one years old and, um, it was, uh, um, a, a good place to, to grow up in. Um, it's very West Texas, middle of nowhere, hundred thousand people. Uh, everyone knows everyone and uh, went to a small school really right outside of San Angelo, right outside the city limits. So that area was a lot smaller. And um, I mean, my graduation class had to be about 60, 70 people. Wow. So, yeah. Wow. And, and so how long were you there? Uh, Cause you like, I, we, we sort of met 
I, I'm not even sure how. I remember you added me to yeah. Facebook like 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting <laughs> because I was thinking about this earlier. I was like, you know what? And I started remembering, I think you were in, uh, I was a real big fan of the actors. And I think that you were yes. in, and, and it, I looked it up, it was like 10 years ago that you were in the uh, actors' uh, uh, music video. Yeah, that's right, for um, You Lift Me Up. Yeah, You Lift Me Up. Lift, yeah, or Lift so, Me Up, I think it's just Lift Me Up. But, yeah, yeah. And oh, wow. So I, yeah, I haven't heard that song in forever. And actually, I heard it this morning because I was, you know, uh, trying to figure out, I was like, man, he was in something. What was it? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. I get that a lot. You, you did something. <laughs> For somebody, I don't know what it was. But, so familiar. Uh, but I'm sure you were great. <laughs> Did you love that? Yeah. Well, because I, I do remember you added me, and I remember uh, we, we chatted a little bit at the moment, and I knew you were a filmmaker at the time. Yeah. So when you were growing up in, in Texas, was that what you were always aiming for, is to be a filmmaker? You know, uh, no, it wasn't. Uh, film, so the reason how I got into it was, was – uh, and I want to say my junior year in high school, maybe sophomore year, that their MTV had a show uh, called uh, Jackass. And it was the, it, it, I mean, I'm sure you've seen it. Everyone's Never heard it of it. No, no. It. No, we, in Canada, <laughs> if it doesn't take place in the 1800s, we don't see it. So, <laughs> so. so you know, it was one of those things of, of being able to go out and just, you know, just film and shoot. Um, at that time, Blair Witch Project came out. Uh, Cloverfield was was you know uh, you know soon followed, and it was almost this introduction of home cameras were the thing. Like it was okay to go out and just film and 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 be creative. Yeah, the found footage so, craze. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I got into it, and uh, I was playing sports at the time, and so I would make highlight videos for uh, for classmates and and. Uh, for myself and for my, my brothers, uh, you know, for college recruits. So I just got into the editing process of, you know, Windows Movie Maker. And um, thankfully I had some friends at the time that were really into just, you know, wanting to be creative because like I said, I grew up in an area that there was nothing going on. Right. So it was go out, either play Halo or go out and be creative. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, that's, uh, and I really was at a big Halo fan. So just grabbed you, the camera you... and went out and started shooting. You weren't yeah, a Halo I, fan? Oh, okay. No, no, I, I wasn't a, a Halo fan. I just never really got into it. Well, this interview's over. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting to me, though. Like, where, where are you? Where did you draw that line? Because you know, there are a lot of people that are when they're teenagers. That's what they want to do. They want to do as, let's be honest, they want to do as little as possible. And yeah. you put a video game in front of them, or really any opportunity to do as little as possible, they're going to take it. And uh, yeah. instead, you went the other way and said, "No, no, no I want to be creative, productive." And uh, was there, was there, was that an upbringing thing, or was it? Uh... You know, I think a lot of it probably was upbringing because you know we didn't get a game system until really l later in in life. Uh, you know, my parents were very get outside and and do something. So we were always building forts, uh, just really just coming up with random things. I mean, I think we tried to build a go kart out of a, a weed, weed eater once. Uh, so we were always just, just doing things outdoors. And I think that that kind of led into just really being out, being creative uh, versus sitting down and playing. And trust me, I love video games. Uh, I, I'm a big sports game uh, gamer. I love uh, um, NCAA football, even though that, you know, they kind of, you know, 
ban that that uh, video game uh, because of college rights. But uh, you know, that's where my gaming was was really on the sports side. So if it, in really, it was just in season. So during football, I'd play football games. During baseball, I'd play baseball games. But you know, really in between there, I would just really kind of be outdoors and be creative and and try to guess just have fun and it was a one one of those things that kind of brought me and my friends together because we would do things like scavenger hunts and you know you must record it and, and we would make a mini documentary out of it so all of that I still have somewhere were you like that type that was always like trying to start start something with the group like let's do this guys yeah I was that yeah. too when I was young there was always a club I wanted to start yeah yeah there was always something and it, you know it would be I mean, just some really from dumb videos, just really just silly, stupid videos, you know, that, that came up with as a team to, uh, you know, just different projects. And I know that I probably annoyed a lot, uh, a lot of my friends and, and brothers, and I know my parents, they put up with a lot too, but, you know, it was that moment that I was just discovering so much, just, you know, not just about myself, but also the creative process. Right. Uh, and, you know, I think that that's the foundation. And it's funny because I start to see that in my kid. You know, he is getting that that creative energy and he is coming up with some of the most amazing ideas at, you know, at seven year old. I mean, he's wanting to make merch and he's wanting to make an app. And I'm like, whoa, like, I I don't know how to do those. Well, things, wait, so. When you were seven, yeah. you maybe had a VHS video <laughs> camera that was about 50 pounds on your shoulder, you know? Yeah. And now, like, you got apps, you got, you know, uh, well, every cell phone has a camera, everything. It's actually so, I don't, I, I got to be careful I word this, how easy it is to make it. It's, yeah, yeah. It, te it's technically, accessible. it's easy, but yeah, it's yeah, accessible. Th That's the better word. Th there is so much out there, and, and uh, it's interesting to see, because I remember I was recording things on, I, I actually, I was going through some some of my stuff, and I found a uh, 250 megabyte card, SD card, and just to think that that now I would take one photo, and that card may yeah. not even, you know, just a photo, and just to think that I was recording small little videos, you know, on that, then dumping it. I mean, it was just the process was so much difficult, but now it's it's just accessible. I mean cell phones ipads there's oh, so yeah. much around us that we can just be creative and and the upbringing of of you know my kids and uh, other kids i mean my kids are watching youtube videos of kids that are just making just some pretty good videos yeah so, it's not i remember yeah. in my early 20s when uh, a friend of mine got his family got a five gigabyte computer and it was <laughs> massive at the time <laughs> Because everyone had one gigabyte, but he had five yeah. gigabytes, and I was so mad because they were rich, and I hated. Yeah, <laughs> man, yeah, I remember. I still don't my... talk to him because of it. <laughs> I remember my uh, my grandfather, because uh, I was I was I was brought up really uh, by my grandparents, and uh, uh, so my mom and, and grandparents worked together to to raise me and and uh, my brothers, uh, and my dad was never really in the photo uh, the uh, the picture, so we grew up at my grandmother's house and i remember when my grandfather bought a dell i think it was the it was an old dell and it was like the craziest thing we got aol um the 30-day subscription that came in the On mail the the -ROM? <laughs> yeah yeah so we got the uh we got that and then i that's where i discovered movie maker and 
I mean, the movies that they're just the stuff that I would make from there is cringeworthy now. So, so were, did you just teach yourself, or did you did you kind of switch focuses in, at school for it? You know, that that's interesting you say that because it kind of goes back to what we were just talking about too. Is like nowadays, there's YouTube. I mean, you can learn so much just off of YouTube on how yeah. to edit, how to edit in Adobe Premiere. At the time, there was nothing. I mean, it was literally of just trying to figure out. You know, there may have been forms online that, you know, you would look stuff up, but for the most part, it was just plug and play and coming up with creative stuff. And then um, my junior year in high school, I uh, had an elective class and it was uh, introduction to media. Uh, and it was an, it, it was introduction to media and something else. I don't remember. Microsoft, maybe. So it was like an Adobe and Microsoft uh, course that I was doing. One month you would do, you would learn Word or Excel. And then the next month you would work, uh, learn an Adobe product. So, um, you know, Adobe Premiere, After Effects. So <laughs> I was really looking forward to those, you know, alternate months where I can learn the creative side of things. But hmm. yeah, that was, you know, really a, trying to learn and, and plug and play and, you know, making several mistakes and learning <laughs> what a dissolve was. Uh, so I taught myself a lot. I think that right there, though, is while the technology has changed, that has not how difficult it yeah. is to tell a story mm -hmm. is still difficult because you you can have all the technology you want all the 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 cool little gadgets and the special ease of special effects to add now people are green screening like it's nothing yeah but to be able to construct a story and make something enticing whether we're talking about a, a fictional story or a non-fictional story is is incredibly difficult and you know it, it's it's actually funny uh, uh, that you said that. It's because of it just popped in my mind. I have a buddy that says just because I have a basketball doesn't mean I can play in the NBA. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So you started yeah. filming stuff with your buddies, like sports, mm -hmm. uh, like on the sports teams and stuff. Sort yeah, of like, it was sort more of, of uh, videos like uh, just highlights and, uh, you know, like recruiting videos for colleges and, because at the time, and it's totally different now, but at the time, you know, in order to be uh, – you know, seen by a scout, scouts actually had to show up to, you know, your game. So my idea was, hey, what, why not let's create something and let's put it on the internet and email it out to dozens of, you know, dozens or a hundred colleges and coaches and see if anyone, you know, kind of piques interest. In that, that's, that's really interesting that you were already you know, you, you have this new, uh, can we call it a passion? A new passion that you yeah, discovered, yeah, yeah. right? You had a yeah. new passion that you discovered and already you're thinking of, of ways to innovate it and, and make it useful, right? I Instead of just, that, yeah. I'm going to make a movie, you know, like you were like, <laughs> you were already thinking, how can I bring these friends of mine that are talented in, uh, in sports? How can yeah. I get it so that they can they can get out there and you're, you're already telling stories, man. You're already, that's amazing. You know, I never, I never saw it like that until you just mentioned it. Yeah. I mean, it was always just trying to come up with something different and unique. And yeah. And, you know, I remember YouTube started up and trying to put stuff out there on YouTube. And I mean, I would get excited if I had like 10, 20 views. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was just a different time. I still get excited for 10 or 20 years, I'll be honest with you. It, well, it I just... mean, a lot of my stuff, too, that, that I put out there, sometimes it's, I put a lot of effort in this vlog, and very little people have seen it. So. Uh, isn't that the worst? 
That's the it worst is. when you work hard on something. There's many moments like that that uh, I've had growing up of putting a lot of you know blood, sweat, and tears literally into projects, and that could be short films, documentaries, or just you know a story or you know a music video, and just to see or, or really get no feedback it's, or it's just a kind little of heart wrenching, out there, and, right? Yeah, it, it it hits you a little bit. So you're in high school, and this is when you start doing the videos with your friends for the sports and things like that. And clearly, you yeah. started to the the passion. I, I imagine starts to grow as you start doing it. You're like, oh, this is this is it. This is what I want. This is what I want to spend my time. Yeah, doing, right? you know, I never thought of making a career out of it. It was it never really was there in high school of like, man, this is what I want to do for a living. I was so involved and so glued to. Uh, sports. That's all I knew that I wanted to do. I mean, from an early age of playing t-ball all the way up, it was, you know, to be a professional athlete, to go. Um, that changed from being a professional baseball player to wanting to run in the Olympics. Uh, so wow. it was just, it, you know, my whole, you know, uh, journey as a kid was really built around sports. And, uh, and you know, it wasn't until sports kind of was really taken away from me that I kind of really realized that, you know, what else is there to do? And I was always able to fall back on just really the creative mindset and just really kind of using that as an outlet that I was able to bounce into that as a, a potential career. And then that's when I started looking into colleges and, and programs um, after high school of, of what was out there and, yeah, so it really was one of those things that I never thought in the moment in high school that, hey, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. It wasn't until really my first job in TV that I realized, like, hey, I can make a career out of this. When you said sports was taken away from you, what do you yeah. mean by that? What 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 happened that sports was not no longer an option for you? Yeah, so I mean, it was like this. It was an incident that, that happened in, in school that, you know— and it goes back to really what is all happening right now, the discussion of, of, you know, being, being different. And, and that was one thing that kind of hit me in the face was, you know, I was faced with something that it just was a, a challenging experience, experience, especially at such a young age that, you know, you have so much built up and then you hit this, this moment, which is, you know, you are basically judged by the color of your skin and being accused of something and being accused of things that like really you didn't even do. Uh, so, you know, it was, I was faced with what, with something there. And what happened from that was just that I was kind of left, you know, um, in the dark. I didn't really, before that I had uh, colleges looking at me to offer me scholarships. But then after that moment of, of really, of um, uncertainty and all of this up against me that I just kind of, you know, lost all of that, you know, colleges were no longer interested and I had to really like discover something else. So, you know, 18 years of sports or so, um, was just kind of boom, gone. So now you have to, you know, because of one of incident, uh, a racial, um, uh, discrimination, uh, yeah. and, and it costs you, something that was important to you and it changed it changed the course of your life yeah and it I, did like this is something that as a as a white guy i never have to 
to worry about. And so, you know, to, to hear that, that you, you, the course of your life was changed because of, of, of a discrimination. Um, um, and, and while obviously you have uh, moved on to, to, to better things, that doesn't mean that it should never have happened or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there's a, uh, it's, it is one of those things that whenever I look back on, especially in that moment of, you know, changing the course of my life, it, you know, it, you know, thankfully, you know, blessing of God that it, it went to the a positive route and it could have easily just been something that, that could have taken the wrong route and, and who knows where, I, where, where I would be today. Yeah. And I think it kind of goes back to really how my parents were in that moment and, and really pushing me to be more and be better. Um, and unfortunately a lot of people don't have that, uh, you know, in their corner. And, you know, thankfully I did at the time, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's several stories like that, that, you know, I'm hearing today that I can, I can relate to and, and, you know, being discriminated or, um, and you know, that wasn't the only time. Um, but yeah, it was really one that really sticks out that kind of changed my perspective of, of, you know, this isn't your calling sports. Uh, your calling is to go out and, and tell stories and hopefully impact somebody. I'm kind of curious if you don't mind me digging a bit here um, without talking about the incident. But when that happened, you were saying your parents, um, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they were they were there for you. Uh, what what did they tell you about how to deal with it? Because I'm also thinking about the story you about that story. And then yeah. the one you reported on too, just about um, the talk. woman talking about that, 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 um, that black uh, parents have to talk to their children about the reality of the world they're about to enter from a very young age. We're not even talking about when they're like 18 and they get the talk. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's not, there's nothing to compare that to because when they're little, you've got to say, look, things are not going to be the same for you as they're going to be for other people. Yeah. So, so yeah. What, what, what kind of discussions did your parents have with you, especially at that, that time? Do you remember any specific things they said? Yeah. Or? I do know that, that, um, so my, my parents, uh, so to give you a little, you know, context and, and background is, uh, my mom's side is, is white. My dad's side is, is black, never knew my dad's side. And hmm. so I was raised in a white household and it was always a, almost a tab. It was, it was taboo to talk about is, is how it felt is that, and, and even today, you know, I get the sense that it was more of, of wanting to protect us is that, you know, if we raise you to say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, with manners and res- with respect, that people will respect you. It was never this people are going to judge you just by the way you look. And okay. we really missed out on that conversation because I didn't really realize it until, you know, going through a lot of it that. Hey man, it, this is real. You know that this is, this is something that 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 really happens. Uh, you know, without me opening my mouth or saying anything to anyone or writing anyone, I'm already prejudged as soon as that I I step out of the vehicle or or enter, enter a store. Uh, you know that is is that was tricky at the time uh, because you know it was West Texas and you know my parents did you know the best that they could to to raise me and, and, 
you know, it was one thing that they, they just didn't know or have experience or, or they didn't know how to have that conversation. Oh, wow. So yeah, that's the the thing with, with growing up in a, a household like I did was that, you know, we just didn't have that conversation about the outside. We had it about the inside and, you know, they've raised me, you know, I think very well with, with the way that I, I represent really the name Broadway and, you know, how I'm going to bring up my kids of, you know, just really being polite, being a good hearted person, you know, the inside's great, but you can't really change the way the world sees you um, by the color of your skin. By the way, just a side note, I don't know how the hell you stayed away from being an actor with a name oh, like really? Cody Broadway. <laughs> yeah, like, I got that in film school. <laughs> as soon as I saw your name, I remember, oh, this guy's an actor. I'm Cody <laughs> Broadway. <laughs> so, That's funny, yeah. So kudos for you, for, and you. also for not saying it that way, Cody Broadway. <laughs> um well, that that's 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 amazing, um, uh, but I'm I'm still kind of curious. Like you were saying, like they didn't really know how to have the conversation. Yeah. Right. So when things like that incident or other ones happened, what did they say? Did they did they just um, th- th- like sort of try to be like, well, we we don't know, so just just keep being the good person that you are. Was that the general sort of uh, uh, feel? Because you I'm know, trying to think as a parent how I would I and there's no yeah. way I could relate to it, but how I could comfort. Yeah, and they always knew knew about it, and it's funny that a lot of it hasn't really come up until you know we were adults that they would say things of, you know, and it could be stuff as simple as as you know staying outside too long because of you know becoming darker because you know. I, I don't burn, even though I did burn this past weekend, I just get darker, uh, you know, when, especially during the summer or playing sports, but things like that of staying out. And it all comes, you know, to a point of like, we just don't want the world to see you and judge you. So we want to do what we can to protect you. And then we had a, um, uh, like a basketball coach uh, that was actually my brother's basketball coach. And he brought it up to her. Uh, saying, uh, and, and he was a, a African-American, and he brought up to her saying that, uh, you know, the boys are going to have some trouble growing up. And uh, and I don't think she quite knew or understood uh, what that, you know, all entailed until it really started happening. Um, and, you know, it's just the slightest stuff from, you know, of just being really prejudged and, uh, you know, like the incident that happened in, in high school or, um, now, you know, with employers, you know, through the years. So it's, it's, um, it was just always just a weird topic to have, uh, or conversation to have with my family. Wow. All right. Yeah. So, so when, when, after this happened now and it shifted things for you mm-hmm. and you decided, okay, so sports isn't going to happen. I have, I already have, because you'd already discovered the filmmaking thing that you love, because you were already doing a bit of it, right? It was, yeah, it yeah. sounds like it, it was, was a little bit more of a hobby than a, well, yeah, you know, fun, but it, sports it was definitely, a, it was definitely a hobby. And then that hobby, you know, switched over into something that was an escape, especially during that moment of a lot oh, of that was yeah. happening. It was more of this creative outlet that I can go off and, and shoot for, you know, all day, half a day and, and kind of lose myself in that and not really have to worry about 
you know, society in the world. Um, so yeah, I used it really as an escape and then that escape turned into, man, you know, you know, this is something that you, you could do. I mean, you, you're not, you're not, I mean, I, I was, I would say at the time I wasn't bad at it. Now I look at it, I'm like, uh, it was a little rough, but, uh, um, yeah, you know, it, that just turned into something, you know, much deeper. So as you started to move away from doing sports, were, did you get into more sort of fictional? Were you doing like little short things or was it still more, I want to expose certain stories and certain, certain things that I believe in and all that? Like where were you sort of putting so, yourself? Yeah. So it got into, man, I went to really just looking for a job and, mm-hmm. and I needed a job right out of high school. And I, I found one at a, a grocery store and hated it. I mean, it just wasn't what, what I wanted to do. You I've know, been I there. Mean, I, you know, yeah. So I went from there to uh, McDonald's and I worked at McDonald's uh, in the play play area. It wasn't behind the counter. It was more of cleaning up the play area. And that I just, I didn't like either. And um, moved in from there and worked at Denny's uh, diner for, and for for uh, for a few months, and it was like a weekend shift, and I kept trying to go back into you know trying to figure out what I wanted to do, and I saw that the local TV station was hiring, and there in San Angelo, and applied, and ended up getting the job as a production assistant, where I would basically just pull a camera, I'd work an audio board, you know, here and there, just turning a mic on or off, uh, and that was really the, my introduction into it. But one thing that that's really started happening is, and I still, I'm still like this today is that constant learning is that I saw, and I noticed that there was a commercial department and they were going out and shooting. And it was me of like, just being curious of like, Hey, do you guys mind if I just jump in and I go with you? And they said, yeah, sure. And I said, you know, you don't have to pay me. I'll go off the clock. I just, I just want to be in pop and just take a look. Like I'm fascinated on how, you know, you guys do it on the pro level versus me going out running and gunning and, and coming up with stuff. So doing that really developed those relationships that I needed to, you know, move into the next step of my life, which I got hired on by the commercial team when someone left saying, Hey, you know do you are you looking for a full-time job you know i think that it paid i don't know very little at the time and uh i was like yeah sure i I would love to and that i did that job for about a year and i had a guy there that just told me you know cody if this is what you want to do and and you say you want to go off and you want to make movies and and you want to do big things in this field is that you you need to get out of san angelo you need to go and explore the world. You need to go to film school. Uh, you know, you just need to learn the craft more. Uh, so I did some research and found New York Film Academy and, and ended up going to New York Film Academy. And um, you How know, old were you at that point? There. Man, I was 20 at the time. So 20, oh, wow. yeah, uh, turned 21 uh, there in New York. So, yeah. Just curious, too, like when you, you were talking about when you decided to apply for that job, at the, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, it was a TV station, you said, right? Yeah. 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 What was the intimidation level like? Because having filmmaking as a hobby and thinking, mm-hmm. uh, am I good enough? Like, was that a question oh, that you yeah. had? Like, how, how, no. how do I have the gall to walk in there and say, you want me for this? 
right? You know, that's that's a good question. The thought of am I good enough for this at that age? It was there. It was definitely there. And to be honest, is that that same mentality and same confidence still lives in me? Yeah. And I mean, you can ask my wife and everything. I I, I doubt myself, my ability, a lot. And at that moment, I remember because I was the youngest they ever hired at the time because it was a position that a lot of people in that town would just go and kind of like set in. And um, I, you know, I was 19 turning 20 whenever I I took the position. And then everyone there had to be 50s, 40s and 50s. So, you know, I use those as, as uh, mentors and, but it wasn't intimate. I was definitely intimidated going in and, you know, so how did you get, sorry, how did you get past that? So like, yeah, you, you already had the self doubt. So what was it that made you go? Cause these are the moments I'm always curious about with other artists. Cause I'm the same as you full of self doubt. Even as I'm okay. asking this question, I think you don't want to hear it. But so, so how do you get to that point where, uh, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I screw it. Do it. Where, where, where did, where's that change for you? Yeah. Even Uh, now, what, what, what is the thing that, that changes it? I think, I mean, that's a good, good question. Um, and and I think it's just one of those things of, of just jumping in and and going for it, Mm. of, you know, really having those conversations with myself of, you know, you tried working at a, a grocery store, you, you worked at, at uh, Denny's, you worked at McDonald's. This is something you love to do. Like you, like, what do you have to lose? And just going yeah. all in. And um, it's, that's the tricky part is the fear of, of the unknown of if I jump and even today, like moving to LA, moving from Texas to LA is, you know, moving, uprooting my family to this, like, is this something that, that I'm going to be able to succeed at? Because if not, it's not just my life, it's my entire family's life that, that uh, is impacted, you know, selling a home uh, mm. and, and moving out. So, you know, it's just the, I guess the mentality of, of, of putting your head down and working. And that just kind of goes back to whenever I was a kid and also in sports is that, you know, there's, there's, times that that um you know are going to be difficult and and the other thing too is that incident that happened to me whenever i was you know in high school that really drives a lot of it too is knowing that hey if you got through this over here you know this right here going off to a shoot and and asking some questions and and you know trying to be creative like that's that's nothing so you know, using all of those past experiences that I've ever faced or come in contact with as that motivation to help push, um, that's what's helped me. That's incredible. So you're, you, you get the job full-time now mm-hmm. working, was it directing commercials and things like that? Is that, you yeah, said it was the yeah. commercial was, department, right? Yeah, it was commercial producer. So directing commercials, writing um, commercials, and it's one of those things that that at the time, you know, I'd never written a script. I mean, everything was running gun, you know, you just go and have fun. And so I was needing to learn how to really make ads uh, for <laughs> individuals, you know, and it was, that was, it was tough. It was a huge learning, um, learning curve there for me, 
but it was one that that I still use today. You know, a lot of the tips and tricks that I learned then um, that I still you know use use in my work here and there. Were you still doing, by the way, like as you're you're doing all this professional stuff now? Were you still mm-hmm. on the side? Were you making time, or, or wasn't there enough time to to do your own little projects that were just for you? Or yeah, I I always continued that. I always tried to figure out ways to to do things that were just because I still had this itch that commercials weren't you know doing for me, and um, you know it was great, like cool, yeah, you're you're being paid to do this, but then it's like this is not really what I want to do. Like, this is mm. not, you know, I don't want to go in and, and, and make a, a car commercial, you know, the rest of my life. I don't want to, you know, there's just certain things that I just didn't get, you know, I wasn't being fed, I guess you could say. So what was the next step then once you realized that? And uh, yeah, cause you, so, you, you, this sounds like for you, you you do things and you go this is fun. oh no it's not let's do something else <laughs> yeah yeah you, you know you it, sort it's, of reach yeah, a point uh, yeah reach definitely reached a point um, and it's interesting there because of um, there was a management position that came open for on the digital side and I had a buddy of mine that that uh, uh, he was actually in that role but he was moving out of state or something uh, so he suggested hey you know this is something you could do. And, you know, especially with your creative mind, you know, come in and, and, and have fun, you know, it's a salary position to like, okay, yeah, great. So I ended up uh, taking that, that position uh, or applying for it. And he talked to the general manager and the general manager agreed saying, yeah, you know, he would be, he would be perfect. So I took that position and I don't know, like it just was, it was good, but it was I had so many bright, like just ideas that were outside the box that were kind of people weren't used to them. And now it's just, it's, it's common. Like people want those ideas yeah. and it was just like from contests to just, you know, different things that we can do on the look that, you know, I introduced the station to Facebook, uh, you know, Hey, we can create a Facebook page. And now it's just, you know, course yeah do you think part of that do do you think part of that was your your youth like you had said earlier that you were you know you were 20 21 19 20 going into a place with 40 and 50 year olds that 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 helped you and mentored you which is great but at the same time they may not be as modernized you know caught up to the technology as as a younger person who's coming into that so was that a a factor it was huge. That was yeah. the, the big factor in it all was that, you know, I had this mindset of where are the eyeballs and, you know, things that, and that was my job. It was, it was, I was a digital director. I was in charge of coming up with, with digital um, ideas to, to bring up those numbers and uh, <clears throat> like different promotions. And, and it may have been some of me to have not being able to, explain it very well uh, at the time it, so they couldn't really get a a picture or, or they couldn't picture it themselves so i'm um, laughing because i'm just imagining i've had those conversations yeah. like with my grandfather trying to explain how wi-fi works and it, yeah. i don't get it where do i plug it in no you don't have to grandfather well then how does it get the signal <laughs> it's yeah, just like, yeah okay. it was you know it was a lot of conversations like that and it was more of me saying trust me Gonna yeah. be good. I had this idea. <laughs> trust me. Just, just please trust me. Yeah. And and the trust and and unfortunately the trust was never there. 
Um, and I, I ended up being let go within like three months of the position. Uh, you Be- know, that they ended up. Why? Like just because they couldn't understand what you were trying to do? Yeah. So, you know, it, it, wow. it was a huge thing that, that I, and I still to this day even use that as motivation of like, you know, why did you think that, that I wasn't either good enough for, for the position? But um, I remember it just, some things just didn't add up of why they let me go. And, uh, and I can tell, you know, I just really wasn't a good fit because that station was in such an old school mindset and I was ready and, and willing and wanting to push it to, you know, where we're at now. Um, but I think that I was just, I was ahead of my time. And, and that is a battle that I have fought really a lot of my career in life is, is, is trying to push that uh, innovation onto something new and trying things outside the box, you know, um, and, and it just, a lot of people are just afraid of change. So. It's incredible though, too, how some people will look at um, the, the current situ- situation to put it very, very, ridiculously mildly uh with the civil rights movement black lives matter and things as as innovation and moving forward as if it's a piece of technology like that like we're trying to teach old people how to get on facebook and it's like no you you've never behaved certain people have never behaved like human beings and treated other human beings like human beings that should never have happened it should never, this is yeah. not, uh, uh, this should never have been, you know, I, I hear the word progress and I'm glad I hear the word progress, but there is a part of me that goes, there should never have had to be progress. You you progress yeah. in medicine, you progress in technology, you, you progress in, I don't know, childcare, but you don't progress in treating a human being like a human being. Um, that should just have always been there. And, and yeah. so it always baffles me where how how this this is still a thing and and if i sound insensitive i don't mean to it's 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 where my frustration lies that i don't understand how this is a thing i feel that things are finally starting to happen and and you know conversations are are starting to become a lot easier because you know at first and, and even now a little uncomfortable like some people just you know afraid to say the wrong thing or afraid to offend any offend anyone so people think it's just well you know i'll just avoid that situation and i won't talk about it but that's where the issue is is that we are not talking about it and right. um you know the more that that we are able to communicate with our own struggles or our fears or you know of just being honest of like, I really don't know what to say or how to say it um, is important. My, my thing is while I've sympathized for people like that have gone through that, like I sympathize for your situation, for example, that you talked about when you're um, don't confuse sympathy for understanding. Yeah. Is the biggest thing I've realized. Don't confuse your sympathy for understanding. You don't understand. You can't possibly understand and then that's where the listening comes in and that's where where the action has to come in too because while you may not understand someone's situation um you have to you have to allow them the time to explain it but also to to be angry about it mm-hmm. and 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 to 
to find a way to help them if you can and if they want you to to move through it so that they don't feel alone and, and they can they can reach a better um, just a better point in their in in their own self-respect yeah yeah I don't know the, does anything uh, what I just said at all make any sense at yeah all? no no it, it does and it is that uh, that understanding and it's not that I want anyone to feel sorry for me or or no my story no. or anything like that and, no and you know it's definitely the the you know when I share my testimony it's more of of yeah it's that understanding to help you understand and, and you know you as an individual or you as a father you know kind of put yourself in that situation of how would you handle it um and you know it is it's hard to to fully grasp it for a lot of people because you know people just aren't faced with um uh, uh with that issue so it's a it's tough uh, conversation to have, but it's one that a lot of people are starting to join in on. Um, people of, of um, uh, that are empowered and people that have a following. So, you know, as long as we can continue that conversation and continue having that, uh, I think it's going to definitely lead to some change. I, what I like too is I'm here. The message seems to be is no, no, you cannot. We won't accept it. Like and yep. I mean we as a society as a civilization we won't we won't accept your your hatred against people of color uh, or yeah. any anyone that is not white right or straight yeah. or whatever it's like no yeah. you're you your ideas are not welcome here period yeah yeah and, and I think that that we are we're getting there having those conversations and you know cell phones are helping out a lot oh, yeah. uh, because you know. It's 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 now a world where you're always being um, recorded, and you know it, we're one you know click away of, of sending something that that could go viral, and uh, you know that that helps out a lot. Yeah. So let's get back to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is why we're here. Um, <laughs> so you're you're you you've moved into management. You get fired from that. Ended up doing. Oh man, from there using using that as motivation to create my own um, show. I had an idea for a show that I wanted to do, and it was going back to telling stories of, of inside the community, and then you know wanted to pitch it to a TV station, which the first station I pitched it to was the one that just let me go. And, oh. uh, they said, no, 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 uh, <laughs> no. And you're okay. fired. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, okay. Well, wow. Hey, I wanted to give you guys the, the opportunity. Uh, <laughs> then there was one other station that was not too far, uh, really across town, the rival station, which was Fox. And I sent it to them and I said, Hey, can you guys take a look? I'm interested in, in doing this show. And here's a, um, a trailer. And I wonder, I've got to find that. Um, but anyways, I sent it to them. They contacted me saying, hey, uh, do you mind coming in? And, yeah, cool. I'll come in. Uh, so came in and sat down in a conference room. And, and they told me that there's a show that they're currently working on that they were looking for a host and asked if I'd be interested in being on camera. <laughs> uh, so I was like, yeah, sure, I'll um, – I'll do it. And I remember it was like, I got paid $50 an episode. And, uh, uh, man, not exactly David once... Letterman money. Is it? Oh, no, yeah, definitely not David Letterman money. <laughs> it was once a week, uh, that we would shoot 
So $50 a week. And then I remember one day they pulled me in and they said, Hey, um, Heather's leaving. And Heather was the executive producer of the show, but she was also the uh, creative director. And they said, would you be interested in being the creative director for Fox? I'm like what? Like, yeah, wow. yeah I, I would love to. And they brought me in and, and, and gave me the uh, contract and, and, um, looking back on it, I think that they brought me in on a very small amount, um, you know, compared to what other creative directors were, you know, were making at the time. And, uh, but I didn't care. I was in, I was making, you know, another management position. Uh, so I was there for about two years and I was there to, to, and it was a station that really wanted to change and uh, they were open to ideas and what year was, was this uh, sorry cody what year was and this? this was 2011 okay yeah so 2011 is... yeah so yeah it, 2011 it, it, forgive my ignorance but was this right around because you know fox has a it's a bad reputation for for, yeah, for yeah. stuff so was this the image that you're talking about they were trying to change like was this a bit no, of it so, around then or was it still not yeah. quite at that point well the way the way it works is uh so there's like fox corporate and fox o and o's and all of that then there's these local stations that are okay. owned by d different companies like Nexstar, tegna um we were owned by bayou city broadcasting which was a it, it was the only station that this gentleman owned and uh we owned it in it was san angelo and abilene they were about an hour and a half apart so i was over two two markets and um i remember like i didn't really realize before that fox was even in san angelo like that's how bad it was the reputation like no one knew that fox was a station uh because it didn't have news it didn't have anything i mean it was just more of like you knew to turn into fox to watch the dallas cowboys it's it's the only thing that Fox was was known for at the time. And then um, they said, hey, we want to do more community involvement and we want to get the name out there. So uh, came up with a whole bunch of promotion, started the Facebook page for, for Fox, uh, came up with all oh, my headphones. I think they're going out, came up with a whole bunch of just different promotions to to really take that station to the next level. Um, and finally, I kind of hit this this plateau there and uh, uh, met my wife. And we was she working to... there? Sorry, no, she... no, 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 oh, no. Okay. She was. Uh, she just moved uh, in from San Antonio and was starting her own studio. Hmm. So uh, we ended up meeting, and um, and then we ended up getting engaged, and uh, found out that we were expecting our, our first child. Well, wanted to do more. Wanted to get outside the uh, the city and, or the town of San Angelo, and that's where I applied for a job in San Antonio. And I ended up applying for a promotions producer position at um, a uh, uh, CBS affiliate there in San Antonio and ended up getting the job and worked there for, for about two years and learned a lot and then kind of hit that plateau of, man, like what else is out there? You know, we wanted to um, want to do more. And was the job at CBS uh, very similar to the job at Fox very, promotions, yeah. things like that? Yeah, very, very similar. So, um, so even though it's a different network, you're still you've been doing doing the same thing for about four years now. Yeah, yeah. To, so right? it was very similar, um, except this one had a, a news department. So a lot of the promotions that I was doing was around the news side 
so I was, you know, not really promoting the station as much uh, as I was doing like the news product, you know, coming up with hmm. creative of watch tonight at 10, you know, different things like that. That was good. And then, so, um, was, yeah, thank you. Watch tonight. <laughs> and I had practice. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, the, st- the company was Tegna. They were coming up with, uh, like, we want to be creative and uh, we want to go after the millennial viewer uh, because news is changing. Like, we're seeing a, a huge drop off ac- across the country in uh, uh, viewership. Uh, so, you know, we want to give you guys the resources and everything you need to come up with a creative show. So they ended up like flying us to like uh, company headquarters. This is while I was in San Antonio. And from the company headquarters, we'd come up with just different ideas and plans and, and uh, innovative shows would come from, you know, this week long, almost like a camp kind of thing, like a boot camp. Hmm. Well, uh, ended up coming up with a, a show idea. And that kind of just led into the next adventure where I was asked to move to Denver and working for a show called the next with Kyle Clark, which was a really the first of its kind innovative show where they did away with the 6 PM newscast. And we were going to have one person, Kyle Clark, uh, very talented by the way, to be, to lead this entire uh, show at six. What was different and, about it? Uh, than say the new regular newscast at six o'clock. So it was it just that it was just one guy giving you the news or was yeah, there a, so, a different uh, formula for it format? So a lot of newscasts, the way that they, they operate or have been known to operate is that, you know, we would give the first four or five minutes as local, you know, that would be, this is what's happening in your neighborhood. And then the next block after the commercial break would be, this is what's happening in the state. And this is, you know, what you need to know. Then after that, we would go to national news and international news, and then we would go to sports. So that's typically what a rundown looks like for a uh, newscast. So we decided to blow that up completely, and we're going to do 30 minutes of local and in-depth storytelling. And we're going to do away with sports. Uh, We're going to do weather, but weather will be down to 60 seconds because no one needs to tell you it's hot outside. You know, um, <laughs> yes. so unless there is severe weather coming in, then we'll do a little bit more in severe weather. But, you know, we are going to dig deeper. We're not going to start off with a car crash unless the car crash impacted, you know, um, all of I-25 kind of thing and shut everything down. So uh, we really went into the story selection and that's where I developed a style that I that I like to call cinematic journalism. And it was more of taking that stuff that I did on the side, documentaries, films, what I learned in film school, that passion, and meet it with news and journalism. And to be able to come up with this different approach to storytelling where people would look directly into the camera instead of looking off camera, that they would talk to the viewer. Uh, So I really started developing my style there in Denver. And they were just all for it and just said, go for it. And um, so that's where I, I grew a lot of my career was being able to go off and tell those types of stories. Before you went there, was journalism on the radar for you? I, you know, I always saw myself as just like a storyteller. And I just felt weird when it came to, I don't know that term. I uh, I don't know why. Just because, you know, I wasn't a 
reporter. I, I didn't want to be a reporter. You know, I want to be a storyteller. I want to be a director. I want to be an editor. Um, I don't want to be a reporter. Um, so to be able to, and, and to me, like it, it was just always something different. And even today, I, I feel like there's a, a difference between reporting and storytelling. Um, and what would just, what would be the definable difference for you? Um, I think style, the style yeah. of storytelling of you're telling a story. You know, you're 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 not reporting on it. You're you're going in depth whenever you. That's what, and this is just me, my opinion is mm-hmm. that, you know, it's just like opening up a book and reading a book or watching a movie, like you're going to watch a story. And that's the, what I want to present to the viewer is that you're going to be in for an experience, even if it's 60 seconds or 10, 15, 20 minutes, you're going to watch something and be brought in by music, by this shot selection, by, um, you know, the coloring of the video versus reporting of going in and um, getting a story in the morning and then having to go and report on it and for it to hit air later that night. So, um, you know, just really being able to take your time, sink your teeth into it and worry about sound design. Um, yeah, I think all of that is is what I would see the clear difference. Um, for the actual telling of the story, I'm curious too, because I, I like I said, I've watched a lot of your things and there is definitely a difference between that and watching, you know, the 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 six o'clock news or the the mm-hmm. noon news, and and as you said, it's kind of like you, you're just given the facts, and there's a guy with a microphone yeah. at the location, or there's someone at the desk, and they're just talking about the facts of what have happened and what they know so far, whereas your stories are um, more of a journey. They're sort of like, so yeah. this is this is the beginning, the middle, and maybe some form of an end like you had a story the other day about um uh, rents and mortgages and 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 yeah. and things like that right so these are things that are sort of being touched on on the news but you're not getting all the, the yeah the yeah you're not getting all the, the nuts and bolts you yeah. know of everything and and granted you know a lot of it is because of time restraints you know uh, you can only fit so much in a 30 minute newscast and you know our promise to what what we were doing at the time was that you know i don't care if something's five six minutes this is going to be five six minutes that is worth your time yes um so instead of we went for quality over quantity and mm-hmm. a lot of newscasts want to do uh quantity you know they want to um you know, get as many in as possible, as fast as as fast as uh, as uh, you know time will allow. So um, that's where I've kind of taken my approach to storytelling is taking that passion for film and and you know just filmmaking and try to introduce that into the journalism side. And you know, I like I said, you know, earlier is I like to be outside the box, I like to be creative, I like to innovate, try something different and new. I don't want to be a a mold. You know, I don't want to be a cookie cutter kind of thing. I want to be able to a trailblazer that is going after something that is different, where, you know, I am one of the ones that is, you know, a pioneer in this of of taking news or whatever or or um um, you know, it could be anything, but just taking that type of storytelling to, you know, even and a daily turn. Um, so yeah, that's just kind of where 
all of that started was right there in Denver. How long did you work on that show? <sighs> About a year and a half, two years. Year, year so, and a half. Yeah, okay. You're starting to see a, a trend. That yeah, to every two years. Yeah. <laughs> Does your wife need yeah. to worry how many years we've been together? Only a year and a <laughs> half. All right, I got another six months. <laughs> Six months later, how long have we been together? Year and a half. Okay. <laughs> so a year and a half, almost two years. And and what 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 happened then? What was next for you? So I was actually asked to be a news director in my hometown, San Angelo. Wow. So it wow. was it was at the Fox station that I left originally, but at this time, the this company bought Fox, you know, like a year after I left, and brought in news. So hmm. they brought in, you know, they put the money in, they, they ended up uh, doing, I think it was a green screen. And, and so they, they put money into the newscast, um, but it was, it was still very new whenever okay. I went in and, and took it over. So um, yeah, went in and, and yeah, became a news director. So yeah, huge jump from, yeah. from you know, visual storyteller to news directing. Yeah, yeah. So w was there anything that you had to really reform in the way you were thinking or doing things? Um, going yeah. Going to news uh, director? Yeah, you know, it was one of those things that I wanted to lead by example. Like, I still okay. wanted to be able to tell stories. And I wanted to roll up the sleeve like I did in, in film school and, and, and everywhere else and go out and tell stories, even from, you know, the very where I started in, in that commercial job years back of, I don't care if you pay me for it or not, whatever, I want to go off and I want to be able to learn and tell stories. So with this one, I wanted to go out and train and, and, um, and just really take that different approach to this town that has never seen anything like it because it is still set in the 1980s when it came to story to, uh, to news. And, right. um, so my goal was to go in and, and really innovate, change up the newscast. And, uh, you know, I'm going from Denver, which is a top market to now San Angelo. So the drop in resources. So mm -hmm. having to figure out how to do things like we did in Denver, same mindset with much less. Um, so that's where I had to, to, you know, that was challenging, but everything at an earlier career of knowing what I was getting myself into that, um, it is a very small town with limited resources. Mm -hmm. um, you know, already had that past experience. Mm -hmm. So, and the changes you were making were they relatively well accepted, or was there a bit of resistance? You know, people uh, don't like change, right? Yeah, You're defunding the news, man. You're defunding the news. What do you do? Yeah, doing? <laughs> no, it was. At first, it was tough. It really was, and it was you know, a lot of learning on uh, my part, you know, on the management side, but also learning um, or, or teaching the change in the mindset. And when I mean changing the mindset, like, you know, I had to approach it several ways is that I had to change the mindset of first the news department of, you know, we got to have pride when we walk through the doors because we we are doing so much for this community or have the ability to do so much for this community to make change happen. So I had to change that mindset. And that was one that was just always going because, you know, you have individuals there that are like set in their ways. So there's that. And then on the other side of it is that change the mindset of the community at the same mm. time is that, you know, this isn't 1980. This isn't your parents newscast. This is a newscast. that's going to be new, different, innovative, and, and it's going to 
to bring you, you know, a different outlook on things. You know, we're going to, to tackle stories that competitors aren't tackling. So that's where, you know, whenever I went in, I didn't really have that clear um, picture of what I had to do. And okay. uh, until I got into the middle of it, and I'm like, man, this is a little more difficult than I thought. Because, you know, you have the outside force of the community that, that are like, no, like not accepting. And then you have, you know, the force inside that's just, you know, pushing same, into you. Same problems you always run into. People that yeah. don't want change, no matter what it is. Yeah. And you're like, but it'll be better. Like, trust me, yeah. it'll be better. But no, no, no. Yeah. We want it the way w me. Not even, I want it the way all me and everyone else like it. It's, I want it the way I like it. Me. Yeah. Right? It, it, and it's such no, a it's, selfish way of thinking. It, it makes things tough. Did you find that 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 when when you're introducing these changes and saying, guys, this is, this is how we want to do it. We want to ask the uncomfortable questions. We want to go more in depth the the resistance to do that was just because they don't want to be uncomfortable like the the reporters themselves are saying oh, we don't we're not like you we don't want to change the world we just want to do our jobs yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. i think that there was two two separate individuals that i would come across as or maybe three like there's the ones that were like fired up and ready for change and, and wanting to to really dialed in and make a difference and then on the other side you know, you have people that just want to come in, clock in and mm -hmm. leave. And that's mm -hmm. it. And then you have the other ones that are that are a little uncertain of like, I'm not sure if this is what I want. I'm still young. I just graduated college. I'm not sure if this is the field that I want. So you had those okay. three different individuals that you were sitting at, you were trying to come together for one common goal. So as I would always say is like, here's the my expectations but then here's the reality of things you know i expect us to have this nice cinematic look and feel different type of news um that's going to be more in depth but the reality of things is that you know i'm teaching how to use a tripod correctly how to use you know what is a gopro what is um you know simple things that that i knew from an early age because a lot of the schools and just were really lacking that training mm -hmm. uh, that I discovered. Plus, the technology is changing so fast. Yeah, right? I'm trying to keep up with it. I mean, especially mm -hmm. in a, I would think, a news organization, you know, like everything from different uh, cameras to different editing equipment, to you you name it. That is a is going to be better. It's going to improve, but it it's always you're. It's like you're in constant training all yeah, the time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Always. I mean, we. I remember whenever I came in, there was literally reporters shooting on their phone hmm. and i'm like you know what like we like this is i mean i understand i'm a big believer and pusher you know for uh advocate for people that want to be creative that don't have anything like yeah go out use your phone do all of this but whenever you're wanting to be taking serious on a professional level is that there's that that you you need to have that um that equipment that gear especially when you work for a company um you know you need to have that you're representing not just yourself you're representing the station you're representing the company as a whole so you need to be able to put your best foot forward out whenever you go out the door because you show up to a press conference you got a cell phone it's just it's just not the same as you having you know a legitimate setup 
Did you ever take the moment, um, and this is not in an arrogant or egotistical sense, but just at a moment, like I'm listening to you now, like we've gone through all the way from from doing goofy little things with your buddies when you're in high school, never thinking this could be a thing for you, all the way to now you're doing commercials and then, but it never never could be on camera. Now then you're on camera. Now you're reporting. Now you're running the news thing. Did you ever stop and go, you know? Wow, like uh, for a for a guy who thought he couldn't do a lot of things, I've done a lot of things. You know, I know during my time at News Director, I literally did not. I felt like I didn't have time to sit down and hmm. really reflect on how far, and you know, especially you know, even now. I mean, I, I was young. I mean, when I became News Director, I don't. I wasn't even thirty yet. And incredible. You know, I was like one of the youngest within the entire country to be a news director. And, you know, to, to be able to say that today, you know, it's like, now that you mentioned it, it's like, yeah, it's, it's overwhelming and, and really cool. Um, considering yeah, you've won awards for yeah. God's sake. I mean, you're not just yeah. someone who's good at his job. You've got the hardware to show it. Yeah. Why, where are they? Why aren't they, why aren't they behind It's you? funny you say that. I, um, so I don't know. It, it became one of those things where, because I, I have eight, won eight Emmys, but I, they're all back in Texas. I don't have them here. I didn't bring oh, them to Elvis. Uh, you're one of those people. No, 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 <laughs> I don't. They're in the garage. I don't no, know. no I, I feel weird saying that, but um, <laughs> we just didn't have the, the, because we downsized, you know, moving from, you know, a um, three, four bedroom house to now a two bedroom apartment. So. Oh, I got and, it. You had so many awards, they took up an entire room. Yeah, so you yeah, had took no. Up way too <laughs> Okay, so so how'd you end up at NBC then? Because I'm assuming that had to be what was next. Was um, this like right I after? I did myself to a recruiter, and okay. um, the recruiter, you know, I got an email back saying, "Hey, we'd love to talk to you." And then that conversation just happened, and and I was able to show a lot of my work, and then all of a sudden it just it um, took off, and um, asked if I wanted to move to LA, and man, that's a that's a huge jump. It's like going from you know, San Angelo to New York. Now I'm going to San Angelo to LA and uh, yeah. ended up doing it. And we've been here for, man, four or five months now. Five months, yeah. yeah. So, and, and NBC, obviously, not to say, you know, uh, Fox or anything is small potatoes, but NBC is. Yeah. And this that's is like a actually, big, yeah, yeah. Big, so big thing. Working on a, a innovative channel, NBC LX, which is going after millennials. Mm -hmm. um, so it's tackling the, difficult issues just like I did in Denver and mm -hmm. my experience just kind of led to this. So everything that I was doing then and learning, I am able to bring here and to be able to go after those stories because I've already done it and now I can continue to do it, but this time go into even deeper and be able to sink my teeth into my stories. Cause I have, I have the time uh, and the resources this time to be able to do that. When you're, when you were approached by NBC and you, you talked to them about coming to work for them, what was that conversation like? Like, was there, was there a lot of, I, I would think naturally NBC would say, well, this is the kinds of things we'd like you to do or what we'd want to do. Or was it a lot more, you were given a lot more freedom than you realized or what was it like for yeah, you? What was your was, initial thoughts when you were having man, those conversations? It was, it's been great. I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's refreshing because they, want to uh, allow you to be like open-minded and be creative mm. to 
to go after those those challenging stories and and love the cinematic approach to everything and it's just it's been very welcoming uh and one thing i know from just a creative part is that you know i've strived so hard to finally get here through all of the the good and bad and ugly and now i'm here and it's it's everything that i imagined i i can't imagine being a journalist right yeah. now like how much news there is to report yeah i mean you have pandemic and then now you have the civil you know, rights civil, movement civil rights that are happening and it's just yeah it, it's it's a lot definitely be overwhelming too so it is a very important time to do what we are doing and uh, one that i am beyond thankful to yeah. land here and where i'm at at this moment because you know i wanted this right out of film school and there's no way I would have been ready for anything like this. So to be able to go through all the heartache and the bumps and the bruises along the way to land here, it's made me more um, understanding, I guess you could say, for, yeah. for these stories. Yeah. Uh, do you get to choose your stories, by the way? Yeah, yeah. So, you do? 100%? Uh, yeah, so get to, uh, from the pitch, uh, so, you know, discovering stories, social media right now, because, you know, we are stuck at home. Uh, so social media, friends, family, uh, you know, issues that I see online that I can go out and pitch. And uh, yeah. Is there a certain thing you look for when you're trying to choose what story to tell? Oh, man, just stories that are, you know, a lot of it too is that, I like to put personal touch on a lot of things because, you know, I want it to, to mean something to individuals. So looking for the story that is, you know, there's stories out there that are like out of the park home run, like, you know, like, you know, there's just those types of stories, but you know, the challenges is finding those stories that are just kind of underneath that a lot of people don't know about, yeah. or don't know. And, and for you to bring that to. So those are types of stories that I love finding and looking for or finding a story that that is that's out there, but how that maybe I feel it wasn't told right or something like how can I put a different spin or something on it? Um, because there's been, you know, stories have been told, you know, from for years. Uh, so to be able to go and be creative, to think innovative, how to tell this story different each time that's the yeah. challenge that i love well you're doing incredible i mean I, I everything i watch from you is is not only um it is that cinematic thing but it is incredibly informative everything i've watched over the years from you and i, I think um it's so admirable and then and now knowing all this about you how you got to where you are uh makes me feel better about the news knowing there's someone like you behind uh behind Thank the you. media driving stuff that's important not because you're trying to feed your ego at all it's because yeah. you're trying to really let people know this is what's going on and this is what you really need to be paying attention to and yeah uh, and, and i think uh, that's what a journalist should be and so well, thank, thank you. you no thank yeah. you thank you you're you're a great guy and thanks so much for talking and uh, i'm sorry i kept you longer than i thought but uh it's your fault for being so damn interesting <laughs> So <laughs> thank you. Will. I appreciate it, man. No, this right. is a great opportunity. And, and, um, like you said, you know, this isn't about, about me, this career, you know, it's, it's about knowing, you know, the issues that I faced growing up or the issues 
that other people are facing to be able to go off and be and help be that voice or you know find that voice for people so um yeah no it's a great time being uh, uh being here um and doing what i'm doing and uh, i really appreciate you know an opportunity uh, to be able to talk about it all right have a great day right. i'll let you get to your family thank you man take care bye Bye. All right. That was my pod talk with Cody Broadway. I'd like to thank Cody for being on the show and letting me learn about him and his journey and his creative process, all the good stuff. If you'd like to learn more about him, you can go to CodyBroadway.com. If you'd like to see his stories, you can go to the NBC LX website, which is www.lx.com. You can also just search NBC LX on YouTube or punch it into whatever search engine you're currently intimately involved with and you will find it and he posts pretty frequently and they're always fascinating stories stuff that you really should know and he does it so well so please check them out it's it's absolutely worth it if you'd like to check out other episodes of this podcast you can go to doingitpod.ca they're all there you can also follow the podcast on facebook twitter and instagram just search doing it pod or doing it podcast and you will find it if you'd like to email me, the email is doingitpod at gmail.com. And feel free to let me know what you think of the episodes, the guests, the my, my melon-like head, and the way it sits on this weird frame of a body. Or, uh, you know, that's if you feel like trolling me. Then by all means, do that. Um, but in the meantime, um, yeah, I got an opinion. Wear a mask. Just wear the mask. It's not hurting you. It's only helping everybody else. I mean, for the love of God, until there's a vaccine, we really got to do everything we can to stop the spread of this thing. And even though a mask isn't going to solve the problem, it is definitely going to help. The jury's in. It helps. Wear the mask. If you hate me for the opinion, hate me for the opinion. Just wear the mask. All right, let's look after each other. You know why? Because life doesn't happen to you, life happens through you. And it doesn't happen through you as much if you're wearing the mask. So wear the mask. All right? All right. Thanks, everybody. See you next time.